0: From the producers of the Shorty Awards, Shorty Stories is a monthly event series featuring influencers and creators who are making a career out of the internet. In this episode, you're going to hear the story of
1: Viner and comedian Aaron Tuning. You'll find out how he got his start in the digital space and how that ultimately led to him being blocked by Applebee's on Twitter and having the honor of losing a Shorty Award
0: for Viner of the Year. Enjoy. Oh, no. Awesome. Thank you. What's up? You guys drinking? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Sick, nice. Oh yeah, my name is Aaron Tuning, and I am a Shorty Award losing Viner. Uh, I am honored to be here. Thank you so much to the Shorty's crew for having me, and thank you to King Batch for not taking this from me, either. There, I, when I was asked to do this, I went back and watched a lot of the previous Shorty stories And there's a common theme through most of them, and it's people saying this. They would say, "Uh, I've never told my story in a setting like this, uh, so bear with me. And I love that. I'm in the same boat. I've never actually done it like this. I've done a lot of stand-up. I feel really naked without a handheld mic. It's very (laughs) weird for me. Um, But I think that's what the shorties are about, at least what I think of when I think of the shorties, is that they're just kind of saying, this is new, and we're figuring it out, so let's figure it out together. Uh, That's a really fancy way of saying, this is probably going to (laughs) suck. So. Bear with me. Um, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, so what I do for work is I'm a comedian. I do a lot of different things in the comedy world. I do stand up. I do some sketch stuff uh, down in Atlanta, where I'm from. I Most of my work work, my money, comes from writing and directing commercials, ads, whatever, for people, YouTube stuff, jingles, all that stuff. Then I also, of course, scream at my cell phone for six seconds at a time. That's part of it. Uh, I don't know how comedy happened for me. It was. Kind of, kind of random. I think, in the grand scheme of things, um, like I should be a third-generation carpenter slash developer <laughs> and hunter, but I am neither of those things. I can't build anything to save my life, and I'd rather be in a human centipede than a deer stand. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, my dad and I, I love my dad, uh, but we're very different. We have totally different accomplishments. He, at one point, held the record for the biggest black bear killed with a bow and arrow in North America. And I am blocked on Twitter by Applebee's. That's my crowning achievement thus far. I used to give him a lot of shit for not being Chili's. So they did not like that. Yeah, so I'm gonna kinda go through my story real quick. I'm gonna do the Cliff notes version of 1989 to 2013. 1989, August 5th, I was born. Beautiful baby boy, super sticky and gooey. Um, <laughs> I grew up loving sports, but I found out early on that making people laugh was my favorite thing in the world. I would rather tell a good joke in the dugout than hit a home run. I found that out early. So I transferred to We're skipping forward here. Transferred to Providence Christian Academy, which is a little school in Lilburn, Georgia, in 10th grade. And it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. There was a weekly chapel service that sucked. (laughs) Everyone kind of hated it and dreaded it. And me and a group of students took it over. We called it AXIS, which is a super cool name. Because it was on Wednesday, and the week revolved around it. Get it? It was great. But we made it engaging. The music got cool, um, and I got to host it. So I'd get up there every week, tell jokes, do bits. I started making sketches and dumb rap videos. They're still on a YouTube account that is public, but no one knows how to get there. So I've I've seen them, but yeah, they're not out there anymore, thankfully. But they really gave me a chance to kind of play with my passions and figure out uh, what I like doing and kind of create a space for myself. So I'm super thankful for them. Uh, My grades sucked. I went to community college for a year. Went to community college and failed intro math. So I failed at failing. <laughs> it was really neat. Uh, got my act together, transferred to a school called Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida, right outside Orlando. Very intense film school and art school. It's a 21 month bachelor's program. It very accelerated. We had a week for summer, a week for Christmas and New Year's. We'd have classes from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. to really kind of get people ready for the motion picture industry. I loved my time there. It was kind of a film buffet. You kind of learn a little bit about everything. But afterwards I knew I wanted to do smaller production stuff instead of movies. So I moved back up to Atlanta and started freelancing. Always wanting to do comedy, but I can't just say, hey, give me money. I'm funny. I promise this won't be terrible. So I started doing corporate video, uh, and I hated it. Uh, I was on retainer at a Mercedes-Benz dealership for a while. I shot a lot of book trailers and CEO interviews, uh, and yeah, my soul was dying. I was, I started getting into stand-up then because I knew I got to do something funny because that's what I want to do, and it was slowly killing me, Um, so I started doing some stand-up. I was writing some sketch stuff, but I really wasn't focusing on that because I needed to survive and not die. And I started to have this feeling that I think all artists have at some point, and it's the idea of being inspired by a piece of art, like seeing a movie, hearing a song and thinking that is brilliant, so original, breathtaking. How could they ever think of that? And then I thought, my ideas suck. But then you go home and you just keep kind of working and you know doing your stuff, doing your thing. And hopefully, eventually, when you put it out there, people will send you messages and say, how did you think of that? That's genius. And say, there's a guy named Derek Sivers. Um, he calls it obvious to you, amazing to others. He says it, better than I ever could. It's that idea saying these genius breakthroughs, um, great ideas people have, they I don't think they think they're, you know, some giant creative breakthrough idea. It's just their ideas. It's just their kind of normal thing they do. Like the Beatles almost didn't put out Help because they just thought it was like, hey, one of their songs people aren't going to like it and then it became one of the biggest singles ever. So I realized I need to Put my comedy out there. I was just kind of holding on to it. I didn't feel great about it. I wanted to be a perfectionist, and I realized I need to make moves, put stuff out there, and let the world decide instead of being my biggest obstacle. So I was in Atlanta trying to figure out how can I do that uh, more than just the open mic stand up scene. And for me, that was the Atlanta Braves. So I am a giant Atlanta Braves fan. I grew up going to games all the time. And my little creative circle and I we figured we should make something about the Braves, put it out on Twitter, and see what happens, because the Braves have a huge fan base. Um, in the 90s, the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs were the only two teams. Are you Cubs? Yeah, sorry. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Cubs and the Braves were the only two teams with national TV deals. So if you're in the Midwest or Southeast and didn't have a home team, per se, they usually gravitated towards one of those teams. So we knew people were ready to share it. They would love it, just put something out there. So we made a video and a rap song called Beast from the East. I'm somehow still kind of proud of it. Most of the stuff I've made back in the day I hate, but I still think it's okay. So we made it. I sent an email to my circles of people, probably 100, 150 people, the night before we put it out and said, hey, this is a video that we're proud of. We think you might like it. Take a look at it. If you like it, we're going to be posting it on Twitter, pushing it out at 11 AM to try to create some foundation for you know, people seeing it. So 11 AM rolls around. We put it on Twitter. I'm seeing it everywhere because all my friends, there's like, oh, sad Aaron wants to do something. So we'll just push it out there. Um, so yeah, I put it out there. I'm sitting at my computer just hitting refresh like a slot machine. That's at 11, and it is, yeah, it's blowing up on Twitter, which my definition of blowing up on Twitter has totally changed the last, like, three years. But that was at 11. At 11.45, 11. we get a call from a guy named Scott, who's the director of entertainment for the Braves. And he said, we love it, we love what you did, we want to kind of create a working relationship, and we want to show this video in the stadium on the Jumbotron during the season. So that was a couple days before the 2013 season started. I went down there for opening day. They played it right as the teams took the field. It was awesome. And that kind of put me on the map in Atlanta. I started getting a lot more comedy work, because they did like local news stuff and radio and all that stuff. Later on, we did a video with the Braves. The first one was about the Braves. This one was with them. so. There was no money involved, but they partnered with us. We shot at Turner Field. We wore mariachi costumes on the field. It makes sense if you see the video, I promise. Yeah, that was great. We knew before we made it they were going to be playing it during games and pushing it out online. Got to work with the WNBA team in Atlanta, the Atlanta Dream. Did a music video called Dream Girl for them, which is a slow jam. Super sleazy, turtleneck chain, all of it. And yeah, I I just kept getting more and more comedy jobs. And it was great. I was still doing probably 60, 70% corporate video for money, but I could kind of, that that would help finance my actual jobs I wanted to do. And then I got a call um, before the playoffs that year. And Scott, director of entertainment, called me and said, hey, we want to do a bigger video for the playoffs. And they asked me to do a parody of Iconopops, I Love It. And I said, hell no. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you want big, Furly, thick-bearded American guy to sing a European girl pop song. I'm not. I can't do that. So we landed on blurred lines. Uh, it was it was hip back then. Okay. I know it's. <laughs> I know everyone's like, my God, that song. Please. But we called it Bass lines because of, because of course we did. But from that call to finish video, it was four days. So day one wrote the song. Next day recorded the song. Next day shot video and then edited the video. Super quick. Uh, my favorite braves player of all time my favorite athlete javi lopez was in the video with us which was crazy normally when the team sets them up the alumni they call them to do appearances they sit behind a table and just sign autographs you know very impersonal Um, so he brought a a suit top we asked him for to wear a suit like they do in the video Um, so a shirt and suit and then uh, cargo shorts plaids so we had to shoot all of his stuff very tight but i have some great behind the scenes pictures So, yeah, we put that out a day before the 2013 playoffs, and again, it blew up on Twitter um, and blew up on social media. ESPN, Deadspin, CNN, they were all picking it up, which is really cool. Uh, Buster Olney, who's ESPN's big baseball guy, he featured it on his podcast, which is a big sports podcast, and called it the best team or the best sports song ever which was very cool because I loved him. He followed me on Twitter that day and still does for some reason. <laughs> Every dumb tweet I post, I'm like, why, why does Buster still follow me? <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that was a big career moment for me because I picked up a lot of steam there. They played it game one, the division series against the Dodgers at Turner Field. I'm sitting in a sold-out you 50,000-something-person know, stadium, and it's the national anthem, and then the Braves take the field, and they play it. On the Jumbotron, and I'm just sitting there with masses of people just watching them react to it. And was, I get chills thinking about it. That was one of those, like, hey, you're, doing, you're on the right path kind of moments. So that was great. Uh, three days after that, I go on a cruise. This story doesn't really matter, but I just love it. Uh, <laughs> you're all here, so just stay there. Um, yeah, I'm going down to a cruise with my friends, and I get a call from Scott again. It's a conference call, and he said, hey, I'm sitting here with all the directors for the Braves, which I'm not sure who exactly was in that meeting, but the directors, Hank Aaron is one of the directors, so I assume he was on this meeting, John Sherholtz, who is a big uh, sports personality, he's like, yeah, we're with all the directors, we're really happy with how the video turned out, but you're about to get on a cruise ship, lose service, we're not going to be connected to you for the next few days, and le- our legal team's a little worried that maybe Robin Thicks people are going to reach out because it started getting um, noticed. And so, like, can I get your YouTube login? just in case we need to take the video down while you're at sea, you know? <laughs> so I said, yeah, of course. I said, here's my email. And then my stomach dropped. <laughs> and there was just silence. And he goes, your password? I said, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Penis Castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, <laughs> it was just... Just probably five seconds of silence, and he goes, was, are you kidding? It's like, no, no, sir, I'm not. That is for sure my password. So I guess that was a lesson in professionalism. I don't know. So yeah, I kind of fell in love with social media video making. Um, those release days were so fun and watching it be shared all over social media. So I had Vine the whole time that year, when I got it when it came out, I was terrible, just like most people when you first get it. I like, if I saw a dog, I would just do two seconds, two seconds, two seconds of a dog. I posted 10 vines of the same concert one time, (laughs) which on Vine or Instagram, you post 10 times of the same thing. You're just a giant dick. So uh, I did that, but I realized, I realized this could be a good way to get my jokes out there. Um, You know, I saw some people blowing up, Robbie, what's up? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of potential here. So I started vining consistently, Tried to do once a day, maybe every other day. And I picked up a little bit of steam. I kind of got to know the community and fell in love with that. But it wasn't until probably about a year and a half into vining that I really found my voice on Vine. And that voice was Amy Lee of Evanescences. <laughs> I posted three or four vines using Bring Me to Life. It would just zoom in on my dumb face, and I'm just, wake me up, you know? <laughs> And so those all started blowing up, and I memed myself on accident. Um, I still to this day get probably 10 Snapchats from strangers every day of them zooming in on something. Usually they're like cat. They're just in bed and just wake me up. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I started picking up steam there. Vine added me to the suggested users list at some point in there, which means when you download the app or you click on the little thing on the top left to see who sh- you should follow, I was on that list. So I just started gaining a lot of followers um, for 10 months straight i didn't gain less than 100,000 followers which is awesome like there's times where i didn't vine for 5 days and there're still 4 or 5,000 followers coming in um, so i'm super super thankful for vine for doing that i adore vine it's so dumb in the best way like that humor you saw my biggest vine ever i'm in walmart i see guy fieri like oh what's up and then just 69 and just tears as coldplay's Doing their thing. Um, I stood in that Walmart for an hour that day because I was like, I was like, this, this is from God. Like this is, this is special. I did several, di- several different kinds of vines and pictures and all that stuff. But yeah, and being in the stand-up world, there's a stigma around Vine and I think social media in general. I know a lot of guys that just kind of glorify the old-school way of doing comedy, which is smoky bars, six nights out of the week, telling your jokes. Hopefully, you get noticed eventually, get on bigger shows and. You know, get a special, like an HBO special, and then a sitcom. Um, but I think it's not smart to be that stubborn and s- stick to that, especially with how often things are changing now. Like, a lot of people that hate Vine, especially the comedians, uh, I've had conversations with them about it. And it's, I-, I know exactly what they're going to say. And I get it for the most part. They've seen a couple Vines, they just looked at it one time, or they would see you know, some younger people they didn't like rising to fame and they didn't think they were funny. I feel like it's, it's like me going to the movie theater, never having seen a movie, um, watching Transformers, <laughs> then leave, leaving, being like, movies suck, you know? <laughs> um, but I think if really anyone takes the time to kind of go beyond that you know, 1% there and really figure out who's for you on the app, you can find incredible people doing incredible things that have the balls to put their face on the internet and do stuff daily. Like there's comedians um, that I'm positive are gonna be, you know, daily show correspondents in the next year or to year or 2 year toe. <laughs> Either or. Musicians, huge part of Vine, like Ashley and Whitney and Sam are all brilliant musicians. Storytellers, Luke Birdie, Tony Oswald. There's something for everyone on Vine and I really adore that about it. There's just so much opportunity on social media. It kills me with some of these guys that I know and love, and they're hilarious, and I know, hey, just download an app, just start putting it out there, and it'd blow up. I do stand-up, I do the sketch stuff, I do social media, I do a podcast called Deep Fried Kale. I'm trying to get my comedy out there any way I can, just to just show people, hey, this is what I can do, have all those things kind of be a resume, a working resume for my humor. So Vine now is not my career, per se. I still, I've done one ad in my life, and it was for the Pope. Because <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that I got an email with someone copied from the Vatican. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. And I made a like dope joke, like it was just a, you heard the wrong thing, like, hey, you want some dope? I like, no, I want some Pope. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> because I always wanted social media and Vine to kind of help move my comedy forward, not just to kind of cap out there, just stand up, Vine everything just to kind of help it help kind of build my brand, if you will. But now Vine, thanks to Collab, the agency I'm with, they, they help monetize YouTube compilations and things like that. So that is now my constant, the the money as a freelancer I can rely on um, just to ensure that I'm not gonna be homeless next month, which is huge for me. I love that.
1: <laughs>
0: um and that that gives me the freedom to, if there's a sketch idea or a trip I should take to kind of go after that, which is huge. But yeah, Vine has been incredible to me. They took me to Tokyo several months ago, which is a once-in-a-lifetime trip. We gotta hang out with Japanese creators and encourage them. Um, I gotta to go to Israel last month, thanks to um, the Shorty's crew. Went to the Shorty Stories last month over in Tel Aviv. Uh, and last month I went to Los Angeles to do a stand-up show alongside four other Vine friends. And it was sold out. It was sold out early. It was at the Hollywood Improv Lab. So the venue that I've always wanted to perform at. And it was the first time people were there on purpose to see us. <laughs> um, it wasn't just they're going to see jokes, they like wanted to see us. So it was the easiest crowd in the world. It was so fun, people were ready to laugh. I've never had a better time on stage. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm trying to just figure out the next steps. But yeah, Vine has accelerated my career so much, and I'm super thankful for it. And I will, as long as there's an app, I'm still gonna be Vining. Yeah, if I could sum all that up, I would say be open to new avenues and trust your talent enough to put it out there. Thanks, that's me. (laughs) Awesome job. Thank you. We're going to
1: take some questions, but first
0: I'd like to ask everyone to put on their best faces. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're gonna oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. Can I get a... Uh, do you have any extras?
1: Make us into a Vine video. <laughs> <laughs> Make a Vine right now. Faces on, people. <laughs>
0: That's... <laughs> Horrific. That is awful. And if
1: I could just ask, if you uh, ask a question, put the face on to really freak them out. So seem like The voices are. I his haven't even started again.
0: drinking. This is rough. <laughs> do you want to drink? Do you want a beer? That's the first yes. question. Yes, I do. Thank you. Easy. Second question. Luke. What was the, what
1: was the most awkward uh, situation you ever found yourself
0: in trying to try to shoot a vine? Ooh. Honestly, that Walmart situation was pretty weird um, because there was a security camera right above me, and I looked so sketchy. Um, and yeah, I, I a couple people came up and like said, like, "You you need help because you've been standing right here, just locking eyes with Guy Fieri for 45 minutes." Um, another one was a. <laughs> I was a couple months ago. I was at Old Navy, getting my like essentials, not you know everything else. You <laughs> gotta get your delicates cheaply. Um, and there's cargo shorts right next to a fedora, another like from God moment. Um, so, <laughs> And the last shot, I'm in the changing room with it on and like do a little baby whip, it's stupid. Um, but I just took a fedora and khaki shorts into the changing room and I was in there for 30 minutes.
1: <laughs>
0: so I know the employees are like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So yeah, those are probably two of them. <laughs> Another question?
1: Oh, right here, right here. Do, do I have to? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, hi. Um. Hello, Aaron.
0: <laughs> You're so attractive.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, so what made you decide to go through um, the unconventional route of taking like vines and instead of rather going through like the usual like I'm going to be hope that I get shot at through stand-up comedian and, like, some
0: kind of dive bar. Right, right. Um, well, I was still doing that. So, like, if that happened, it was, you know, still could happen. I think Vine, and specifically Vine for me, it was a perfect storm of three things that I love, which is comedy, social media, and filmmaking, or, like, video techniques. Um, so I think it was just natural. Like, I, I just loved doing it. It wasn't like a to force myself to do this thing that doesn't come naturally. It was just, yeah, it just happened like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah? What's the, what's the goal now? What
0: are, what are you working towards? What are future projects? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <Disqualified>. <laughs> don't. don't answer that question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know there's a, I try to have things in pre-production, production, and post-production, at least sketches or something. Um, so we released a sketch today about Christian music. It's a, pretty much a roast that I'm pretty proud of. What did you say? I saw the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, watch it at some point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to, yeah, just keep putting stuff out as much as I can. And you never know, like, what email you're going to wake up to, who's watching. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, there's, like, dreams. Pine of sky. Pine of sky. There you biggest, go.
1: Biggest dream. Biggest
0: goal. I mean, I've adored SNL. i a shorty right? Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, I've. I was obsessed with SNL growing up, so I mean, I think about writing for Late Night or Sketch Show or something, and that's kind of in my head, I mean, the top, but who knows. I'm happy though. I'm happy with where I'm at and yeah, baby steps. Yeah.
1: How do you handle like the internet trolls?
0: Like the haters? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty dead inside, so it doesn't like... (laughs) They rarely like pierce the cold exterior, you know? Um, I don't know, and, and usually people are just dumb with what they say. Like, they say, oh, it's not funny. I'm like, okay, great, that's not for you, it's fine. Um, I mean, people have called me a Vince von Chia Pet. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, there was, um, there was only one blog post that, that was real harsh. Um, and it was about one of the Braves videos, but it was so outrageous that it was just kind of funny. So I don't know, I haven't, it hasn't really gotten to me yet, because it's, I mean, mostly positive for sure. Yeah. Have you ever made a vine with Braves? With them or for them? No. Um, so I made those three videos when they were really good, <laughs> um, and they've sucked the last few years, and th- they're not gonna have, um, like pump-up videos or content when they're really bad. So uh, I've talked to him a little bit about doing some stuff next year, but no, after that year, I didn't really work with him much anymore. We stayed in contact, and I've pitched some things to him, but yeah, no vines for the Braves. Yes?
1: Uh, What made you decide to download the app in the first place, and what compelled you to take it seriously enough to be posting content frequently?
0: Uh, I downloaded it. I think just like everyone else, it just happened on Twitter. And I mean, I, I look back at my old vines because on Vine you can look from oldest to newest now, and all the comments were from like real life friends. You know, like everyone had it for a while, and then uh, Instagram videos happened, and you just kind of figure out which platform you like. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's how I initially downloaded it. Especially now, I still put stuff out because I've seen the fruit of it so much. You know. Um, I know what it's kind of allowed me to do, and the place I've gotten to is largely thanks to Vine. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm really incentivized to keep posting on there. Yeah. Oh, God, it's shocking every time.
1: What has inspired you to continue to make these Vines every morning? But what keeps you inspired, you all know, of these, uh, competitors
0: I don't really think of them as competitors, I think they inspire me to keep doing it. There's so many brilliant people and I feel like there's, I don't, I don't know, I, I look at a lot of the people on Vine as peers that are kind of coming up together, um, that I'm excited to work with in the future on Vine, on other projects. Um, so I'm mean, seeing other people keep posting, I'm inspired to keep posting and keep interacting. Uh, what was the was there another question? <laughs> what,
1: what keeps you inspired?
0: I don't know. I think it's I mean just kind of an internal like purpose to make people laugh, really. Like I that's where I'm happiest. That's what I love doing. Um, and I have a now I have a pretty substantial audience on Vine, so Is there any
1: comedian that you're inspired
0: by? Oh, there's many. Um, John mulaney is my favorite. Um, got to meet him at that LA show last month, which was great. We peed next to each other. Magic. Uh, Tom Segura is a guy that I love. Um, I think I'm kind of his style, so he's one that I can look at and be like, I could actually maybe get there one day. He has some Netflix specials that are phenomenal. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of people that I look up to. Jacob. Um, what would you say is maybe, because obviously you have <coughs> videos that go viral. What was
1: the by far strangest or maybe most memorable moment where you were <coughs> recognized from one of your videos, and what happened?
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I did a Vine. I, I do dad jokes and puns, and it's terrible. Um, but I say, I'm trying to think, I gotta get this right. Are you okay? The other me, <laughs> other character, it's like, oh, it hurts so good. I'm like, oh, what, what is it? It was John cramps So stupid. <laughs> but a very intoxicated girl, out at a bar somewhere in Atlanta, uh, runs up and jumps in my arms, and I'm just, I, I was horrifying. And I was like, what's going on? She goes, John cramps <laughs> That's what she said. There was no like, hello, are you this person? And I was like, yeah. She's like, nice, and just walked away. <laughs> Oh. that was the one that kind of just, I don't know, shocked me. Yeah. Yes? Uh, as a comedian that's uh, involved heavily in like, the traditional realm of comedy, like up through sand and just plugging away and doing your thing, and like the new wave of like social media and like, the internet and the ease of access and all that, how do you see the future and the two, the two mediums? dissolving into each other or one becoming greater than the other because the internet's forced to be reckoned with as far as rec- recognition and comedy and, and so on. So what, like, what are your thoughts on that? you think that's going to be like a gradual experience or it's going to be violent or what, like what, what... <laughs> Violent. It's going to be a violent experience. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, the last few years, it used to be the old stand-up or improv route. Like SNL would pick their cast members from UCB or Second City, you know, just that way. But now like Lonely Island got there by doing YouTube. Um, Chase Mitchell, Sage, we talked about him yesterday, um, writes for Fallon now. And he, was, he got big on Twitter because he was just so funny. So I don't know. There's, there's no right way to do it. There's not a corporate ladder for comedy, really. Um, so yeah, I think the big deal is just being open to what's next and also just putting your stuff out however you can. Did that answer that at all? OK. <laughs> cool. Yes.
1: In the world we live in, with everything being so like PC, how do we how do you
0: run the line of like being offensive versus like being comedic? Oh, that's hard. Um, there's definitely ways to do it. Like you can pretty much say anything terrible you want as long as your caption is like "worst guy ever," you know, uh, which, which I've done several times. If you like, if you condemn it, it's it's fine. And if you like juxtapose it with someone who's actually like speaking truth and not terrible. I don't know. There's definitely some where I have gotten close to the line and the comments are just Armageddon. It's crazy. Uh, So I'm not sure. I just kind of feel it out. That's a great answer. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes.
1: I really relate to your my mother wrote this fine right, right. Right, the Republican kind of
0: uh-huh. fines and so I guess how much do you pull from your real life family your experiences yeah um, so I'm a recovering Republican um, I, I'm not proud of this in 08 I had a no Obama sticker on my car hey I'll own it I was 17 okay wait was I? yeah I was 19. I was 19. Thank you. See, math. I failed at a community college. It sucked. Um, No, but I think uh, being from the South, Bible Belt, the conservative Christian culture is what I know. And so I love poking fun at it. Um, Just the things that, like the video we released today. It's me and my friend John Christ, who's a great stand-up comic. um, And the idea is that we're two Christian record execs trying to sign this hip new christian band and they're like yeah we have these honest songs and these great lyrics and we're like no 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 there's a formula okay here's what you do and it's pretty much just roast christian music um, and so far today we make fun of several bands like specifically we say their name um, and through people that know them we've seen a lot of screenshots of like them texting it and they're like we love it it's so funny so yeah, I think there's a way to do it, not be mean, but just kind of poke fun of the conventions and the things that people know are kind of ridiculous. You know, yeah. I just kind of heighten it. Like yeah. Tj,
1: oh, because I want to save this for the snap real quick. What your what, what's your advice on uh, how to find your voice on social media, and what are your thoughts on Instagram's new features versus uh, Snapchat's stories?
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um,
1: you mentioned, you know, that point where you found your voice. Right, right. What it is you wanted to talk about, what it is you wanted to do. And I guess, like, I'm tr- I guess that's
0: the question. How do you find that as not, a, not only as a comedian, but as an individual? Yeah. Um, well, for Vine talking about finding my voice and the Evanescence stuff, that, <laughs> that was on accident. I just thought, hey, this song's dumb. I'll use it. Um, and so that wasn't like a finding my voice where I'm like, this is what I should do. It was like a, it's doing well, so I guess I'll just exploit it for a minute. Um, and the, I mean, the great thing about that, the great thing about having something people want to see, is that people want to see it. But the bad thing about it is that people really want to see it. You know, so you got to keep doing it. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still. I mean, when I think about it, honestly, haven't totally found my voice. I I kind of know my sweet spots, what I love doing, the kind of jokes I like making. Um, but it's a process. I think trying everything you can, figuring out. Um, where your gifting is is huge. Um, like with stand up, I, d- I don't honestly see my future in stand up because I think I'm more of a writer than a performer. Um, but I'm learning that more and more every day. And then Instagram yeah. and Snapchat, uh, I'm not switching over to Instagram stories because there's so many more dumb things on Snapchat.
1: So are you staying with Vine? Is that is that going to be your thing moving forward? And even though. Instagram has how many millions of users Mm and Snapchat has how many millions of users. Are you sticking with mine?
0: Well, I'm on all of them. Um, And they're all very different. Like, Instagram is, you know, just photos of whatever I'm doing. try to be a little cooler than I am on Instagram. I feel like Snapchat people are my friends. It's weird. They see my friends. They see my house. Um, It's a lot more personal. It's strange. Like, I kind of... I feel like everyone else are followers, but Snapchat people like, actually know me, because um, I'll just lay in my bed and actually say things I think about instead of content. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm on all of them. I adore Vine, and I'm not leaving it. Again, terrible answer. Terrible answer. What's up?
1: Do you actually work with Vine now? Or um, or just
0: a customer? A customer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Right. I've worked with Vine this summer for the first time, their first long-form series. I know you guys hate when we call it series. (laughs) Yeah, but I um, co-wrote and co-directed that. So that was the first time Vine, like actual corporate Vine, was a client. Can you tell us
1: about how did you get to that point from uh, being a user of Vine to actually working with them?
0: Yeah. well, I guess I got on Vines radar just with Vines, and this past year they've done a few trips where they take creators to places and try to help build community. And um, I guess that what, what, what's the main reason, do you think, for those trips? What would you say, Karen? Yes, to build
1: community.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, Vine team right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a great time. I feel like I became friends with everyone. And so, I think they liked me, hopefully. And then especially when it comes to switching over to actually being like a client and working with them, I think they needed someone that does what I do as far as production background. So, I don't think it was necessarily we really want Aaron to work on this, but it was, you know, Aaron has the right skills for this specific job. So, What's up? When
1: you were coming up and building your audience, did you ever hit a plateau? How long was it, and what helped you overcome that?
0: Um, not really. I mean, I it, first year and a half, I gradually got to probably fifty thousand followers, and then those things happened, where a few vines blew up and um, the suggested users list, and it just skyrocketed, and it's still. It's not quite there, because I've been posting less frequently, just been busier other things, been traveling a lot. So it's slowed down a little bit. Um, but no, I haven't just topped out yet. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, yeah. All right, this is our last question, cool. so choose wisely. Uh, there's one hand up, so we'll go with you. <laughs> uh, <perfect. laughs>
1: I, uh, I'm curious about the boat story or the Pima's Castle story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the situation of, like, copyright and media that you were using. Like, what happened while you were on the boat? And, like, do you worry about copyrighted material now? Um, so, yeah, I think when parodies and stuff, it, it's very complicated with what you can use, what you can't use. Uh, we weren't necessarily selling it, so it wasn't like we put out the song on iTunes and were trying to get money from it. It was just a, a PR thing. But there was still, uh, indirectly, the Braves were making money from it. You know, they're trying to... Advertise the playoffs, get people to the stadium. So it's just a gray area that I don't get at all. But I understood when they said, like, legal's a little worried about it. Um, and yeah, copyright. I don't know. I I try to buy whatever I can. Um, the Music Bed is a website uh, that puts out great music and it's affordable. So I try to purchase music and stuff there if I use it. Um, again, didn't really answer that. Is there another question in there that I missed? <laughs> okay. We, we like to end the night on copyright. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So was, <laughs> this is A very bad copyright answer. That was great. I feel great about it. That's good enough for Aaron. All the legal advice. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.